Welcome to episode 292 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 292 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. And if you listened to last week's show, you'll know that I'm putting fitness behavior on this one this week as well. But the other thing is, it's only 10 minutes afterwards for me. So you've had a week in between. You've had New Year's Eve. I imagine a few of you have probably had some sore heads, probably did some things you regret, probably danced the night away. And some of you probably went to bed early thinking about training for the next day. And whatever happened, I hope you had a good night. But, uh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii for the world's most tastiest coffee, athlinks.com for social networking for endurance athletes and tracking your race results, and lastly, Extreme Endurance, and Extreme Endurance is your lactic buffer, excuse me, your lactic buffer to help you get faster and more efficient as an athlete. So, in your world, it's been a week since you've last heard from us, and to be honest, in my world, it's 10 minutes, so my, I wonder what I did for New Year's. Like I was saying last week that we're going camping, we're going with Porno, and it could be a good night out and you know, in, in the campground, so thinking that probably happened, and, and I'm probably going to be coming home in a few days. Yeah, it's, yeah, I wonder what John's up to. Anyway, I'm going to get straight into the show. So as I was saying last week, Helltale gave me a hard time because he was like, well, the shows are already on iTunes. Why would you want to do two new shows? And to be honest... The reason is, is because John and I have momentum. We're really, really proud of the fact that over six years, nearly six years of doing the show, we have never not had a week where we haven't published. And I think we were saying a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the best of the year, how even with the earthquake, you know, we had the massive earthquake this year, or last year now, in New Zealand and um, in Christchurch. And the first thing, well, not one of the first things, but one of the things once we realized family and, and that was safe was we needed to get the show out. And John rang me and I rang John, well, what are we going to do? And uh, and we, we were, I suppose we were kind of proud of the fact we got that out. And so um, that was the case. Oh, my phone's ringing. I better go to get my phone. It was just my mum telling me I've got to be around at my nana's for Christmas dinner about 5.30. So I just thought you'd like to know that. So yeah, we're kind of proud of the fact we keep getting shows out. And you know, we've Six years is pretty crazy. It's crazy we've been doing this for six years. It kind of blows my mind. So, you know, that's why we're doing this week's show. And so I thought to myself, well, instead of just doing the interviews that you guys can download from iTunes, a lot of you guys probably don't listen to Fitness Behavior, although based on my numbers, maybe a lot of you do. But um, Fitness Behavior is the podcast I do that's purely based on the behaviors of fitness, you know, and and because I really believe fitness is more about that than just doing the exercise itself. So... I'm going to chuck on a show that I did a few months ago and which talks a little bit about, which one was I going to choose? Oh, actually, this one just a couple of months ago, the idea of resetting. And, and I have to admit that for you guys, you guys, you know, for the I Am Talk listener, you tend to be the pretty fit people in your, in your kind of neighborhood, if you know what I mean. And some of this stuff may go over here and some of this may you really identify with. And it's interesting because I often talk more to the general population in this show, but I do think that the reset strategy, which I'm going to talk about in the show I put on in a minute, is really applicable to a lot of athletes because there's a lot of, um, you know, we, we, we often fall off the wagon and, and, oh, you know what, I'm not going to talk about it. You can listen to the show and if it works for you, start to apply some of the stuff in your life because it's actually pretty cool stuff to keeping you focused in your day-to-day life as you're trying to move towards growth and goals. So anyway, I'm going to put the show on right now.
thought I'd share with you guys an experience I had a few years ago, which was um, which was a really interesting experience. And, and, and you know, in the intro, I talked a little bit about you know, the high-level people and what you can learn from them. And, and this is an experience for myself. As an, as an athlete at an early age in my athletic career, if you talk to people in sport, they'll talk about, you know, what is your athletic age? And um, so, for example, you might get someone who starts doing Ironman triathlon at the age of 50 but have never done any sport in their life. So, in theory, they are kind of zero in their athletic age. And, you know, then for 10 years, they'll you know, by the age of 60, they may have done 10 years of triathlon and they'll be so 10 years athletically and... And then you look at the other side of the coin and you may get athletes who are very young, but, you know, and it'd be like early 20s, um, but they've been competing since the age of five or, or six and swimming, and then you know, they move into something like triathlon. And, you know, these guys are so young, but athletic age-wise, they're actually quite experienced. And I look at my athletic age around the time of this experience, and it was very early on. I was, I'd been into fitness for a while, but I hadn't really been a competitive athlete for that long and I'd been doing Ironman I think I was during my second Ironman I was training towards my second Ironman and and one thing you learn um, when you're kind of new to the sport is you, you kind of as you progress as an athlete you you get better at being more disciplined to the program so early on in my career when I you know I had a coach and it's actually John the guy who I did the podcast with but John was my coach and he'd write me up these programs and and I'd probably if you looked at how I did my program John would write me up a program and and I probably would at that stage in my career, probably achieve around 70% of the program that was written down each week. So John would maybe write me, you know, swim bike run on a Monday, a ride on a Tuesday, and a Wednesday a run, and so on. And then with me, I always had the, you know, I had to teach gym classes because that's how I, what I did for my income at that time. And around that time, I was probably a 70% athlete. You know, of the program, I try to get the key sessions in, and you know, miss a few sessions each week. And sometimes you'd miss sessions that you'd look at and you go, okay, well, if I can miss this 45-minute swim, it's probably not so bad so I can afford to get away with that. And then sometimes you'd miss some what you'd consider key sessions. So as a coach would write you up a program and you'd really write the big sessions of the week that you really, really want to achieve. And there'd been a period where I'd missed a couple of days of training and what you tend to find is once you miss one day of training, it's, it's kind of almost easy to miss the next day, or, it's, or it's, it's you know it's easy just to kind of fall off the bandwagon a little bit. And I'd had a couple of days where I think it's three days in a row where I pretty much hadn't done any of the program, you know. And, and if we think back to athletic age, around that time, you know, I was only a seventy percent guy, and so you know to miss a day was okay, or to miss a session here or there is okay, but to miss two days was a pretty big thing. But to miss three and to miss the key session on that third day, which was a two and a half hour run, was a pretty massive thing. It was really leading me down a path towards or moving me away from the objective or the goal that I was trying to achieve that time, was which was to have a fast Ironman race. <clears throat> Excuse me. So around that time. It was. I remember it was a Tuesday. I'll never forget this. It was a Tuesday night, and I planned to get up that morning and go for my run to get it out of the way because I'd already missed two days of training, and I planned to get out, and I got up and, you know, kind of made all the excuses. Oh, you know, I'll delay it. So, you know, it's often what I do as an early athlete. I'd delay, you know, I plan to do a run at 6 in the morning, and then I wake up at 6 and go, oh, I want to go to bed. I want to stay in bed. So I go, okay, well, at 12 o'clock today, I'm going to get this run, and... And then 12 o'clock would come along and, you know, and then you get to the point where, you know, at night and, and I've always known as an athlete, I'm not a very good night trainer because I tend to work at the gym at night and to sort of do anything post-gym is really setting myself up for failure. But at 12 o'clock I thought, no, no, tonight I feel motivated, I'll, I'll go teach a class at the gym and then I'll go and do my two and a half hour run and, 
you know, which was setting myself up for failure. And I'm, I'm laying in bed, well, and, and, and I took the class and, and, I, and I didn't do my two and a half hour run. And on this Tuesday night, after missing three days of training, I was laying in my bed and I couldn't get to sleep because I had so much guilt around what I was not doing, not getting out and doing my two hour and a half hour run. And in the end, something snapped. And I thought, if I'm going to achieve this goal, I have to get out and do this run right now. So I, I really did. It was just like a snap of turning off the switch. And at that moment, I jumped out of bed, got my running shoes, got all ready for a long run, and started to take off in a long run, a two-and-a-half-hour run, which took me to two and two and a half or two thirty in the morning. And I still had to teach in the morning, so it was kind of not the best plan, but I had to get out and I had to restart this run. I remember the run. It was it was a really bizarre run because you don't tend to train at that time of night, and you know we we all tend to have a timetable in this world. And I remember running around under the stars, and it was kind of random and kind of beautiful at the same time. Another thing I remember is I saw this German shepherd running down the road, and I imagine it was just a domestic dog, and it made me think, what do animals do at night? And it was kind of just kind of strange. But so something about that moment happened to me that made, taught me a really valuable lesson, and. and Athletic age-wise at that moment, I was a 70% guy, as I talked about earlier. Like if I looked at the program, I was achieving about 70% of it. But as I moved forward as an athlete, I got better and better at becoming what we consider a 100% athlete, 100% committed to the program and achieving the objectives of the program. I look at the last Ironman race I did and I was so proud of the 12-week block that I put into it because A, I was having the busiest period of my life is in regards to business, lifestyle, and everything else. And I was also had the hardest training program that I'd ever had as an athlete up to that moment. And in that 12-week block, I achieved every session. I achieved 100% of what I had to do. And, and I, I walked away from that last race and just proud of who I become as an athlete. And over the years, I'd gone from being that 70% young athlete, and as, as you know, I go back to that athletic age, from you know my, a young athlete through to being a 100% athlete at my more experienced age. And if I talk back to what I was talking about before, the start of the section is when I talk to these people who are the high-level people, they are really good at figuring that out. It's how to become 100% committed to the objective they are trying to achieve. But that night, that night as I sat in bed at 12 o'clock at night, I learned a very, very important lesson that I took forward and it made me grow as, as an athlete in this experience. I learned the idea of resetting. And I'm going to explain a little bit about what that means right now. We often have periods of time, that we often have rules or objectives or, or a plan for success. And I think I'll talk to you around nutrition around this because I, I think a lot of people are going to identify around nutrition with this and I'll talk around nutrition but then I'll bring it back to sports as well because I know I have a lot of athletes listening to the show but we often have a set plan and there's you know if you listen to this right now you probably think okay these are the things I do when I'm eating healthy you know I, I eat fruit at lunchtime or I, I don't eat too much chocolate there's there's a certain set of rules that you have now sometimes those rules can be unrealistic and I think that's something you can look at and we could talk about in another show but you know other times Actually, to be fair, I think most people are probably a little bit too unrealistic on the rules they set for themselves, so they kind of set themselves up for failure. But let's say, for example, you allow yourself to have a little bit of sweet stuff each day. So at lunch, you allow yourself to have two chocolate biscuits. 
and you know that's one of the key rules that you have around eating healthy you have fruit um, a healthy sandwich and a couple of chocolate biscuits as a part of your lunch each day and for the first part of the week on Monday and Tuesday you get up, you get to lunchtime, and you, you eat your bit of fruit. You have a, a half sandwich or a sandwich, and then you have your two chocolate biscuits. That's your healthy place. That's your set of rules that you consider to be your healthy rules. But let's say after lunch on, on Wednesday, you get to Wednesday, and you sit there, and after lunch, and you see they've got the little box at work that has you know, chocolate bars, $2 for charity or something like that, or the vending machine at your work. And after lunch, you look at the vending machine and you think to yourself, hmm, that Snickers bar looks really great. So you go and you buy the Snickers bar and you put it in and you eat it. Suddenly you've broken your rules. And what happens is we tend to find that when people break their own rules, they tend to go totally off track. They tend to go like totally in the opposite direction. So... You normally have your your lunch, you have your fruit, your sandwich, and your two biscuits. Once you've had that Snickers bar, it's like the rules that you maintain around how to live a healthy lifestyle have been totally demolished. And from here forward, you can do whatever you want in regards to your nutrition. So what tends to happen is that people, you know, I had that, it's almost like that bad decision justifies a lot more bad decisions. So you go, well, I've had that Snickers bar. You know, two o'clock comes along and normally maybe you just have a cup of soup or something, you know, pretty low calorie or, you know, pretty healthy, maybe a small piece of fruit or something. But instead you go, well, I had that Snickers bar earlier. Bugger, I'm going to have another Snickers bar. I'm going to have, you know, uh, uh, something really sweet or or I'm going to have, you know, whatever that bad food is to you. A bag of chips, you know, I'm going to have a big bag of chips because, you know what, I had that Snickers bar. And then like, dinner comes along and you're driving home and you had this plan to have this really healthy dinner for dinner that night, but then you drive past the takeaway place and you normally wouldn't stop and get takeaways on a on a Wednesday night. So you, But you think to yourself, well, I had that Snickers bar and I've had the chips. I've kind of blown it out for today, so I'm going to, you know, have the, you know, McDonald's on the way home from work. And then you get home and, you know, you kind of get where I'm going with this. That once you blow out, you blow out over the top massively. And because you've broken your set of rules, it's almost like you you allow any bad behavior to happen. Now, what's interesting is if you look at diets, is that diets, you know, I don't know if I want to talk too much about diets because I'm not a huge fan of diets. And, you know, I think healthy living is the way to go. But if you look at diets or would you look at I suppose the better way to look at it is if you look at where most people do most damage with their body weight is in those moments. That generally, most people eat healthy the majority of time, or at least, you know, we'll say 60% of the time. When they fall off the bandwagon, they do so much damage to their health. Let's look back to the example I talked about there. You have your two biscuits at lunchtime, then you have a Snickers bar. Now, if you were to just stop then and get back on track, you know, sure, the Snickers bar wasn't the best plan, but, you know, it probably wouldn't have hurt too much. But because once we break the rule once, and we totally lose all the rules, then what tends to happen is the damage you're doing by then having chips in the afternoon lunch, having McDonald's for dinner, and I imagine for the rest of the night just eating lots of bad food, the damage you are doing to your body and the calorie intake you are putting in is absolutely massive. That by falling off the bandwagon, you're doing a massive amount of damage to your body because you go so far to the extreme in your behaviours in those moments. 
It's really fascinating. And if you look at diets, it's, you know, there's been some research. I was listening to some research on this recently, and they're talking about how, you know, that's actually the time when most people do the, you know, put the most amount of weight on is because once they fall off track, they absolutely lose the plot. Now, what tends to happen in these situations is that, you know, you'll fall off the track and you won't, you know, you'll have that bad day and you'll continue the, the, the really destructive bad behavior because you've already made the bad decision for a certain period of time. Now, for some people, that may be a week. So let's say Wednesday comes along and, you, you know, you get to that, you eat the Snickers bar and then, you know, you just, for the rest of the week, you just have, you know, destructive behavior. You know, I couldn't stick to the diet, so bugger it. But there becomes a moment where you know you need to reset. You know you need to sharpen up on the behaviors. A lot of people will say, next Monday. Next Monday, I'm getting back to being sharp again. And next Monday will come around and they'll eat healthy for a certain period of time, then they'll break a rule, and then they go back down that destructive path, which is creating a lot of damage in their, you know, in their physical health. For some people, it may be the next day. Some people may wake up on the Thursday morning and say, no, no, I'm resharpening up again. The interesting thing, what's the learning we're going to go towards here? Well, the interesting thing is, is that once we set that moment where we're going to reset, we tend to go back to good behaviours. And, we, we, you know, we're going to fall off the bandwagon again. That's the thing. We all fall off the bandwagon. Everyone, you know, everyone has moments where they fall off the bandwagon. But what we need to learn to do is to identify when we're falling off the bandwagon and change the reset time. It's a really important lesson. I'm going to say it again. We need to identify when we're falling off the bandwagon and we need to change the reset time. So what does this mean? So let's go back to our situation. You've had your Snickers bar, you've had your chips, you've had McDonald's, you've gone home, you're eating like crap. Now, for some people, that may last through to the next Monday when they're actually going to get up and reset to back to good behaviors. But ideally, what we want to do is to reset out to our good behaviors as soon as possible. So, you know, like if we're thinking back to Monday, that's a really long time to reset back to our behaviors. We've got probably four or five days of damage that you're going to do to your physical self in that time. If we look and think, well, if you reset it to the next day, that's a much better scenario. Instead of in four or five days of massive damage that you're doing to your body, you're going to have around 12 hours of damage to your body. But let's say we could learn to reset to a much, much smaller time. Let's go back to the situation we've been going on. You go, you know, you get to lunchtime and the Snickers bar happens. And you know what? We're all going to have moments of weakness. We're all going to have times where we just fall off the track. So don't beat yourself up about it. Sometimes these things happen. But then what you need to do is at that moment, you need to identify that you've fallen off track. And how do you do that? Well, it's, it's obvious. Then when the, the, you know, the three o'clock comes around, you, you, you often find that, and this is just speaking from experience, but let's say I did do the Snickers bar at that time. I'm instantly starting to think of the next bad behavior I'm going to do. So because I've let down my guard, I think, okay, well, at 3 o'clock I'm going to have some chips today and I'm not going to have a little bag of chips. I'm going to get the biggest bear because I'm allowed to do this now because I've broken all my rules. So start to learn your thinking around, and I suppose that's one of the real key points, is once you've fallen off the bandwagon, start to learn your awareness tools that are pushing you more towards staying off the bandwagon. Then once you've understood that you've fallen off the bandwagon, you want to reset a time that you're going to Get back on task. Now, like I was saying before, a lot of people will do four or five days away. Some people will do the next day. But what if you were to do two hours from now? So at 12 o'clock, you have your Snickers bar, 
And then you think to yourself, oh, there was, I fell off the bandwagon. Okay, at two o'clock, I'm going to get back on the bandwagon. And what I'm going to do to help me do this is I'm going to set an alarm on my phone so that at two o'clock, I'm going to hear that alarm and I'm back on track. Now, this is a massive tool to help you be successful, especially for people losing weight, and we'll talk a little bit athletically about it in a minute. But it's a massive tool that can help you be successful because if we look at the weight situation, if you did that, let's say you have your Snickers bar, you identify, you go, okay, well, I fell off the bandwagon. At 2 o'clock, I'm going to reset my alarm, and when I hear my alarm, it means I go back to good behaviors. By doing that, you're eliminating those three or four days of massive damage that you're doing to your body by putting an over, you know, bad foods into your body in, a, in an extreme amount. Whereas if we go by two o'clock, well, again, sure, you've, you know, the Snickers bar hasn't been, you know, you know, hasn't been the ideal situation, but at the end of the day, it's probably not going to kill you. By resetting our focus earlier, we're avoiding a lot of damage. So how do, we, how do we be successful with this? And I think there's a couple of things we need to think about. The, the first key point is you need to become aware of when you've fallen off the bandwagon. And, you know, we tend to have a set of habits that we'll maintain when we're in a good place. So when one of those habits, other habits that aren't in your good place are starting to come into play, you need to become better and better at being aware of what those are. So, you know... The Snickers bar situation, you know, you, you've had your two chocolate biscuits that you're, you're quite happy to have those in your day, and that's, that's healthy in consideration of your whole dietary outlook. But then when you added the Snickers bar, the first thing you need to do is go, okay, well, that was a bad behavior. But that does not mean that I should keep going on this path. So once you've created the awareness around the bad behavior, you want to consciously decide to put a reset time in place. I don't think you need to do it right now. I think that you have to allow some time because I think right now you're in your moment of weakness. Right now you've had your Snickers bar and so if you're going to say right now I'm resetting, what you tend to find is that you've kind of, I don't know, I've just found through experience that it's better just to allow a little bit of time. But we want to make that time pretty small so that you're not going to put a lot of damage in. So you don't want to go, okay, I've got two hours, I'm going to eat like absolute madness. Instead you want to go, okay, I've got two hours and go back to work and then when I hear the alarm I go back to setting good behaviors then once you've created that awareness set in place that's going to be make you consciously aware of that moment and i really do like the idea of setting alarms so like setting a phone alarm or alarm on your computer or or alarm at home or, or something like that so that you know that once that time hits you're going to be moving in that direction once you've set the alarm what you tend to find is that your mind starts to go back to how will you be focusing on having the good behaviors that you've had moving forward you know, so instead of going, oh, I'm going to be having chips at 2 o'clock and I have the biggest bag possible, you would be going, okay, well, because I'm going to be resetting my alarm, what should I do to make sure I eat healthy? And you'll go back to going, well, maybe a piece of fruit is a good snack to happen. You know, instead, once you've set the alarm, instead of going to McDonald's on the way home from work, I'm going to have to think about how I can make sure I go past McDonald's and have a healthy meal as well. So I might ring my partner and say, can you make sure dinner is cooked on the way home so I can make sure I have a healthy meal? Something like that. By having the refocus... You and the reset, your mind goes back towards the behaviors where you are on your good track. You can kind of, uh, I'm sure you're listening to this and you're kind of going, this makes sense. It's one of those things when you kind of learn about it, you kind of go, wow, this is so obvious. Why haven't I thought about doing this earlier? And it's, it's like I always say in every show, it's a practice skill. The more you create the awareness, the better you are at resetting. The more you reset, the better you'll come at doing it. And if we look back to my athletic experience, when I first started out as an athlete, I had a lot of bad habits around missing sessions. 
And what I would do is I'd go for a period of time where I was willing to reset. So I may go, you know, up to three days where it gets to the point where I'm running two and a half hours in the middle of the night, you know, kind of doing crazy running. And, you know, that was because I got to that extreme point. It was kind of like me, you know, me in that situation, not training was like me eating too much because my objective was to have the best IMM race that I could have. So for me to do that, I had to train to do that. So if I missed sessions, I was not achieving my best behavior and my best result, I suppose. And when I missed those sessions, I would then go towards that destructive path. So I missed that session, I must have missed this session. And it would get to the point where I would have to reset. So I may miss, you know, again, back to that 12 o'clock at night. I got to the point where, you know, I have to reset. As I grew as an athlete, I became more and more aware of this so that if I missed a session, I would instantly reset how I was going to get refocused again. And that was one of the tools that got me to the point where at the end of my career, I became what I considered probably a 99% athlete. I don't know if I hit 100%, but I definitely know I walked away from that period of time being very proud that I pretty much hit everything that I was meant to do. So I gave myself the best chance of being successful on race day. And so for those out there who are struggling with sport and or, or movement or, you know, at, you know, keeping fit. This is a tool that you can use with that as well. I suppose, you know, like everything I teach in this podcast, the, the skills that can be transferred into every area of your life. So when you find, you know, as an athlete, you've missed a session, instead of going, well, today's session, I'm totally off. You go, well, okay, what I need to do is, you know, that, that swim I was meant to do at three o'clock, you know, because I didn't do my run in the morning. Okay, well, reset at two o'clock, sets the alarm. I have to pack my bags to go and reset for the swim. There's another strategy we can add on top of this, the reset rule. And I've just made that up there, the reset rule. I like that, I should paint that. The reset rule, the other rule, the other thing we need to do is the idea of delayed response. Let's say you are being really, really weak. Let's say you've just had a really weak experience around, you know, the Snickers bar. We'll go back to Snickers bar experience because we've kind of talked around it a lot. Let's say you've been really, really weak and, um, you know, you reset the alarm and two o'clock comes around and you're still struggling. You're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, I read those bag of chips. I really want those bag of chips. First thing that you can do, now, now I, I actually think the reset rule works pretty well, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking worst case scenario right now. The first thing you do is you allow yourself to have the bag of chips. You say, yep, I can have the bag of chips. I'm totally free to have the bag of chips whenever I want them. I know that doesn't, <laughs> well, no, actually, I'm thinking that way. It's not whenever you want them. I can have the bag of chips, but there's a condition. And we're going to have a delayed response. So the condition is, I can have these bag of chips at 3 o'clock. But in the next hour, I have to drink a healthy drink and I have to have a healthy snack beforehand. We find that when we do a delayed response, for some reason, and I don't know the science behind it, but for some reason, that time period that you delay, and by putting some good habits in place, then when the 3 o'clock comes around, suddenly you no longer desire that thing you desired at that moment, the bag of chips. Again, if we look at an athlete, it's the same thing as well. If we're missing a session, we'll go back to the three o'clock with the swim. It's one of the greatest tricks I've always used as an athlete. In the days when I'm really struggling to get out the door, I give myself, I can go as easy as I want rule. So let's say I was meant to go for a run that day and I was really, really struggling with the idea of going for a run at three o'clock and I had a really hard session planned. And the hard session is the thing that makes me fearful of actually getting out the door. But in those days, you identify that, well, this could be a bit of a mental struggle for me to do it, and the intensity of the session is making me fearful of getting out, which gives me a chance of not doing it. So what I can tell myself is that, especially if I'm resetting, this is really important, what I tell myself is that all I have to do today is get out the door and go as easy as I want. 
what you, what you find is that getting out the door is the hardest part. Is getting through that first moment, and it's kind of like with the food. Getting through that first moment is the most challenging aspect of this. This you know, being successful and doing this. Once I get out the door, once I get my shoes on, once I kind of start moving, I find I'm, I'm, you know, I suddenly want to run fast. You know, I might be slow in the first five minutes, but once I'm warmed up and I'm physically ready to go, I want to hit the objectives of that day's training session. So the delayed response is another tool that you can use to help you be successful around this. When you have a bad decision or when you, you really want something, allow it to happen at a later time frame have something healthy in place beforehand and with food that would be a healthy snack. With exercise, it's a healthy level of intensity that you think would be easy. Then get out the door and or make it work. You'll find that when, you know, with the food situation, when three o'clock comes around, you'll find it's no problems. We all fall off the bandwagon. We all have moments where we eat too much food, where we miss a day's training, where we lose focus. It's post that time that can do the most damage to whatever objective you're trying to achieve. As an athlete, through training. By missing one session, if you have a post period by missing that session where you have three days where you miss that session, it's moving you away from the person you want to be as an athlete. With diet, if you have that Snickers bar and then you wait till next Monday to reset, you're doing a massive amount of damage to your body. But in those moments where we know we are losing focus, if we can create awareness around our, our falling off the bandwagon and then reset the time frames to get back on focus in a shorter period of time, and I always think around two hours is a good set of time, to set some markers in place, like an alarm, so that that time will come up and we have a real awareness for you, you'll find you'll be doing less damage and putting yourself more on focus towards the behaviours that will make you the better version of yourself. And then at those times, if you do find you're still struggling, by using the delayed response tool, you're going to be more successful in achieving what you want to achieve. These strategies are really good strategies, and, and again, like I was saying earlier, they are things that you practice. If I go back to my athletic age, when I first started out, I was a 70% athlete. I raced as an Ironman triathlete for around six to seven years. It didn't go from you know 70% to 100% within a month. It took me a few years to practice and learn these skills and to develop them so that I would become, in that last moment of my career, a 99% athlete. Where I was really proud of myself because I knew how to deal with these moments. And really, like everything I always say, it's just a skill. Keep practicing it, keep practicing it. Start to create the awareness around what you're doing and you too will be doing more of the behaviours that you want to move towards and becoming the best version of yourself. Go on. Give it a try. Guys, that's uh, pretty much that part of the show done and dusted. Like I was saying last week on the show, if you do want to get, I do a workbook basically. I, I create PDF workbooks that are around ten to twelve pages big, and it tends to be a series of questions that, again, is about creating self awareness and growth and an action plan moving you forward. 
around the learning on today's show. So when I put up the, um, the website, which you guys can go to right now, www.imtalk.me, I'll put a link to that workbook on there, and it's just $3 US, so it's, it's basically nothing, but it's just a really good tool. You know, you, you listen to the stuff, and if you identify with it, you can use you know this workbook as a tool to help you move forward in this direction. So you check that out, www.imtalk.me. If you do like a fitness behavior show, you can go to iTunes and just do a search for fitness behavior. Or alternatively, you can go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com, and download that there. I am... Um, yeah, yeah, the, the behavior podcast is going really, really well. I'm really proud of what it's doing because um, I suppose I come from a place in my profession where I get frustrated by my profession's persistence on, on using image as a way to, to promote fitness. And um, and fitness is such a powerful thing in people's lives. And, you know, while, you know, we all, who, people who have good bodies because they're fit, love it, I, I ultimately don't think it's the thing we should be selling. I think the thing we should be selling is self-development, self-awareness and self-growth through fitness. And, and all, you know, so many great benefits of fitness, but we have this crazy persistence that it's all about a six-pack abs. And, um, and it's an area where, you know, general population is really, really struggling in today's society. And, and I don't know if that's an individual thing or if it's a societal thing. Well, I think it's a combination of both, obviously. But, you know, I... I I really think that if we look at it as the big picture stuff and how do you learn yourself and how do you learn to be a better version of yourself, those are the lessons that you'll take forward and into that place where you'll be someone who loves fitness forever and you know all the benefits that come alongside that. So if you want to check out my podcast, you can go to www.bevanjamesisles or iTunes and do that. So sponsors for today's show are, and we're going to start, I'm going to go the other order. So last week I started with Athlink, so this week I'm going to finish with I mean, I finished with Athlinks, so this week I'm going to start with Athlinks. So, Athlinks.com, and I'm just pulling up the website right now. One thing that you may have noticed if you've been on Athlinks for a while, you know, back in the past it did tend to be a little bit slow at times, but they've really kept up updating their code so that the speed of the site is really great right now. So, if you're on, you know, if you have found in the past things are a little bit slow, you can definitely get on there and do that. But one thing that they probably want you guys to do is to give them the old I like on Facebook because you know, what they can then do is they can just let you know what they're up to date to with this stuff there. And one thing I do know about with their uh, Facebook page is that they often put some really, really good articles around, you know, endurance sport up there. So if, you know, because, you know, you may not have your source and you've all got the kind of typical websites that we go to, but Athlink Centers find these really great articles from all over the internet and maybe it's because they've got the network happening. So, um Go onto their Athlinks page, go onto Facebook, like them as well, and then you can get the really good results of what Athlinks are doing. One other thing about Athlinks as well, it's a great place to track your results and also see, when, one thing we've been talking a lot about lately is what going to the race and seeing who else is going to be competing there, and it's just another little thing that adds to the excitement of a race. So sign into your Athlinks account, check out what's happening there, and, and again, put your race results on there, athlinks.com. Uh, yes, last week I went X Endurance second, so they're staying in second place this week. <laughs> so if uh, X Endurance or Extreme Endurance, as we know, xendurance.com, xendurance.com is your lactic buffer that really basically ends up stopping muscle burn. And again, if you go to their website, and they've just done up their website right now, and I have to admit it's looking pretty cool. You might want to give them the like as well, but um, I might just, I'm just checking out their Facebook page as well. I suppose if I'm going to talk about Facebook today, that's what I'm going to do. All the advertising is based around Facebook is that they have a lot of stuff around testimonials. They also often will put specials on their Facebook page. But for example, on their Facebook page right now, they have an example of Matthew has been using extreme endurance for over a year. He's had the first, third fastest time in 
for Americas in Kona. So I wonder who this is, Matthew Russell. What's he holding during the test? With some, so they basically got this YouTube video of Matthew Russell going through some of the stuff that he's done with Extreme Endurance. So you may want to check it out. But again, it's got lots of kind of cool things. They've also got um, uh, basically some stuff around uh, shipping for Christmas. And again, it's just a really good way for you guys to keep up. Oh, Look at this. Eva, look at this. This is sensational. They've gone and made John Newsom. So John Newsom, I am talk host, explains extreme endurance. And then I click on that little link there and I made a YouTube video of how it all works. And John, you're a legend because even when you're not here, you're having an impact. See, you can hear him in the background. You probably can't hear that. So, um... Yeah, anyway, I'm getting distracted because of the YouTube clip. But again, get on their Facebook page and it's, you know, just help you to figure out when they've got things happening and stuff for about what they're doing. Again, coming up this year, they're going to be releasing their new energy drink or their, their drink product. So be aware of that. Now, we do think that it has been released in some markets, but we're not exactly sure which markets yet. So we'll get Sandy on the show in the new year and they'll let you know all about that. Lastly... But not leastly, we have Coffees of Hawaii. And because I'm going with my Facebook theme today, let's talk about again. That's, that's your mission for this week is to have three likes. Uh, Facebook like for Coffees of Hawaii, Extreme Endurance, and Athlinks.com. And if you look on their Facebook page on Coffees of Hawaii, Albert's pretty prolific at this stuff, actually. He's pretty good at putting lots of things on there. So if I look at, um, at Coffees of Hawaii right now, they've got the conveyor belt and he's got photos of the beans going down the conveyor belt i think it's a conveyor belt or maybe it's just oh i think actually oh this is pretty cool it's where the the beans are being dried outside in the sun and that they're on these big tables and then they have sheets of plastic over them basically it's a pretty cool shot there albert it's kind of cool and uh but then what i love is good old Pete Hagen, good good listener of the show. Well, I think it's uh, the site, the Triclops, Pete Hagen. He's on there and he's just got that, you know, I love my coffees of Hawaii. He's the best. So he's got just made the world's best coffee for my lady. Um, it's so good. Even Mojo is trying to get something. That's the dog. And he's got a picture of his, his uh, dog with his coffee cup. So again, it's just another way to also the harvesting beans on. Yep, so the other thing that they do is they've also got some extra specials that they put on their Facebook page. So if you go, so for example, a couple of weeks ago, they had free shipping Friday and then add the ship code uh, free ship to check out and you get free shipping on your Friday. So again, if you want to get some deals or if you haven't tried it and you're looking for the extra special, go to their Facebook page. I'm pretty sure that for all the three sponsors, next year is going to be a pretty big year for all of them. So if you guys can support them, that helps to keep us alive and helps us do what we do. They are Coffees of Hawaii, Extreme Endurance and Athlinks.com. Well, that's uh, pretty much this month's, this week's show. Next week, John and I will be back in the studios. And uh, I imagine a lot of you guys may have listened to the Aaron Baker interview that we have done. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go to the website legendsoftriathlon.com and you can listen to it. It's an hour and 20 long. And if you are missing your Ironman Talk Fits, oh, I am Talk, geez, I need to do some press-ups. If you're missing your I Am Talk fix, you know, it's a really good interview and, and uh, <laughs> she, she doesn't back off on, on her opinion on things, so she was really, really great. So check that out at legendsoftriathlon.com. Other than that, I think I'll rock on for this week. Um, John and I will be back in the studios next weekend or next Tuesday, so that's going to be cool and we'll be starting off next year with a bang and uh, we'll, we'll this year, I'm recording this before, okay? Give me a break. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. 
Anyway, here we go. Uh, I'm Russ. I'm Mendon. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.